LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Katie Morgan and Charlie Davis of Right Beside Her. These two co-owners of Right Beside Her were introduced by a mutual friend in Chicago in the summer of 2011. Ooh, it's a love story. Charlie was a professional brewer in Chicago at the time. He decided to woo her by making a hard cider for her birthday. It worked, and right beside her was born. Mm. Most guys go with flowers, he went with cider. Fantastical choice, Charlie. Right beside her officially launched in November of 2014 after two years of planning and preparation. The Chicago-based duo has taken the city by storm, creating a unique unfiltered dry cider that is currently on tap at 30 bars and restaurants around the city. They're the only two people in their company have done everything themselves since the beginning. Quote, we create, package, and distribute our own ciders ourselves, says Katie. I hand-paint the tap handles. Charlie's built most of the equipment by hand, and this is truly a labor of love. End quote. They are featured on the cover of Chicago's Red Eye, the Chicagoist, Crane's Business Chicago, and they won a Sam Adams competition in May 2015, where they competed for the national finals in New York City in December 2015. They are incredibly passionate about the art of cider making, high-quality natural ingredients, sustainability, and community support. Quote, our cider brought us together, says Charlie, and we hope it continues to bring other people together. End quote. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this fun little conversation with Charlie and Katie. So today we're sitting down with Charlie and Katie of Right Beside Her. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. <laughs> so tell us what you guys do in one to two sentences. I make cider. <laughs> I sell cider. Awesome. So you guys are the owners of Right Bee Cider. Yes. Tell us a little bit about Right Bee Cider. What's that all about? So Right Bee Cider is the first craft cidery in the city of Chicago. We are currently um, the only local cider makers. We're a husband and wife team that own and operate this business. We make um, we make hard cider here, and the business was started. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to go into that? Yeah. Okay. Um, Charlie will probably go into his background a little bit later, but Charlie made me a hard cider for my birthday when we first were um, friends, and I loved it. We started dating shortly after that and then got married after that, and and so this cider company, Right Bee Cider, sounds like Right Beside Her okay. because um, it's a nod to the original cider that he made me, mm-hmm. and our business was launched a few months after our wedding. So it's kind of the story of our relationship and and how that came to be. That's interesting. So a lot of people go with flowers, chocolates, you went with a homemade cider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> people had beer buds and like, thanks a lot, dude, you make me look bad. Like, yeah, but that was like the last romantic thing I think I, I did, so. <laughs> it was all downhill from there, yeah. So do you have a background in brewing? Like, how do you come up with that yourself? Yeah, so okay. my background is in Professional beer brewing. I did that for uh, about six years before we started this business. Mm -hmm. Um, I 
was working in a brewery when I met Katie, and um, so making a, and, and Katie didn't drink beer, so making a beer for her wasn't going to work, so mm-hmm. I made her cider. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, and that was the first time I ever, ever attempted making cider, and it, it actually turned out all right, so. Yeah, it was perfect. I was really worried that I was going to have to act like I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize he'd been paying attention when I said I like drier ciders. I don't like syrupy sweet ciders. Mm-hmm. And he brought it out in this unmarked bottle. And I was like, oh, no. He's probably, you know, I was worried I was going to have to kind of fake it. But it was perfect. It was crisp. It was refreshing. It was nice. It was light. Um, exactly the way that I prefer mm-hmm. to consume cider. And so. I think taste of cider makes a big difference. I remember I used to like. Well, I sort of bar, like, um, bartender, like, just, uh, you know, at Madison, on, like, the terrace serving beer or whatever. We had a cider there, and people, like, loved it. It was so sweet. But, like, one time, I got, like, a picture. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to hang out on the water or whatever. Mm-hmm. Finish all things. There's so much syrup in it. I was, like, sick for, like, a week because of that. It's, like, I know. It's, like, I know. I mean, to each their own. Some people mm-hmm. prefer sugary drinks or sugar, more, more sweet yeah. ciders, and great i just i personally don't Mm -hmm. my my palate lends itself more to drier beverages and charlie's too so that's why we make our cider the way we do Mm -hmm. and so how do you guys kind of start the business together like you had the background in brewery and right like you just decide one day we should just create these ciders and give it a go well i i set out to to start a brewery when Mm -hmm. i first got into the industry okay so i my first job out of college was actually as a Mm-hmm. Brand management team for Pass Brewing Company. Okay. And I worked on Schlitz and Primo beer brands. And my contract didn't get extended uh, after my first, you know, six, eight months of working there mm-hmm. because the company got sold and everything. And I was like, no, I'm going to start my own brewery. But then I realized I knew nothing about starting a brewery. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, let's start a square one, you know? Basically, you know, not doing the most glamorous work in the right. world and help, helping bartend the, the tap room and everything. And I just kind of worked my way up from there, you know, from sweeping the floors to assistant brewing to a shift brewer to a head brewer. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I felt, you know, comfortable being like, okay, like, I think now, after you know, five or six years in the industry, now I think I feel comfortable and confident enough to, to start this business. And, yeah. And we were both kind of in a position where uh, we were, um, you know, we we had good jobs and everything, but we weren't satisfied with where, where we were. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of wanted to, to, you know, go out of our comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, and we, we always had the name in mind. Okay. And it was always an idea that we had to start this together, but we just didn't really know when we were going to pull the trigger. And I think it's important to acknowledge, you know, cider and beer are are very different. Oh, yeah. But, you know, throughout Charlie's whole brewing experience, he was experimenting with cider the whole time. And a huge luxury that we had um, is we were able to be involved in at Charlie's jobs. And I wasn't working in at the breweries he was working at, Mm -hmm. but I was, you know... You know, associated with them in some way, and and uh, 
was aware of what was going on. And, and when you're involved in a startup, mm-hmm. you learn, even in the outskirts of a startup, yeah. you learn so much and so many valuable lessons about everything from equipment to licensing to maintenance to all these these incredible lessons that he was able to learn. And it's so much, it takes so much more than making the product mm-hmm. to actually make the business work. And so, you know, after what, working for four craft breweries or something like that, that started from the absolute ground up, mm-hmm. uh, we were able to to learn an incredible amount about not only making the product, but how to actually start a business mm-hmm. and how to run a business because it's it's a lot more difficult than I think a lot of people anticipate. Yeah, I think starting a business too, people don't understand that it's not just a bunch of money up front, like, oh, I'm gonna make a million dollars this year. It's like, no. you have put all this time and effort in. So what did you guys do for funding? How did you guys kind of put the money together for the down payment on the equipment? And the- well, our, um, we started very, very small. Okay. So the current space that you're in now mm-hmm. is not where the first batches of our cider were made. Mm-hmm. We used our, our personal money. We had no investors. Mm-hmm. So Charlie was brewing at the time. My background is nursing, okay. cardiac nurse. And so we just <laughs> pooled all of our resources together and you know purchased um, equipment that we could afford at mm-hmm. the time. And we were in a shared warehouse space and we had a cooler outside and our procedure was very cumbersome and, and crazy and we were self-distributing. And mm-hmm. then from there, we were able to purchase other equipment, okay. um, and then eventually, you know, be able to move into this space. But no, we started with our own money, mm-hmm. and because of that, you know, didn't quite have the best equipment right away. Right. Well, I think Charlie started, can. But we started our business. That. We yeah. we got all the you know we did all the licensing ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a, a federal bonded winery and yeah. a, a state bonded. Fantastic. Yeah, and once we once we showed that, like you know, people were like, whoa, you like started a business and you're like on tap at bars and restaurants. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it was easier to, to get more people involved and from there we have, you know, more friends and more family members and, and people that have helped us and, and uh, you know, invested in our idea and our company and, and brought us to where we are now. So So how did you kinda of get into like the sales mode? Obviously you had like the background in how to brew. Yeah. How did you kind of get, like, so many places to sell your cider, like, on tap or in well, grocery stores? Yeah, I mean, so for the first two years or so of our business, we were draft only. Okay. Um, for a lot of different reasons, mm-hmm. but we, first of all, we didn't have bottling equipment, and it's, it's just easier at, with at all the resources we had to do draft only. Right. But, I mean, basically door to door I would walk into bars Mm -hmm. say hi my name's Katie I have cider do you want to try it and and we were amazed at how many different people took a chance on Mm -hmm. a small local business and put us on tap and you know reordered kegs and they were like like, whoa this stuff's actually good (laughs) it's actually selling like people are buying it like great (laughs) that's the goal And so, yeah, it takes, it's an incredible amount of, of time and 
effort. And I just would drive around. I mean, we had the first well, places. Let's be honest here. We, we were going targeting. Well, places like our favorite bars. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> we that, like, that's yeah. what I was getting at. Yeah. We went into our favorite bars mm -hmm. that we were in all the time anyway. Yeah. And so then it was a nice bonus. You know, it was the coolest thing ever to walk in and see ourselves on tap and on the menu. And, right. and you know, Charlie had a ton of friends and that he had made in the beer industry and yeah. those people supported us too they were like oh cool Charlie made a made a cider we'll put it on tap but what was so amazing is that those reorders came mm. you know it's one thing if somebody knows you and they'll buy your product because they're your friend oh, yeah. or something but it's another thing if you're consistently on tap at those places for three years mm -hmm. and and that's what I you think say that about a few a few accounts yeah notably Yeah, bad apple. The, the owner, Kaiser yeah. Tiger and Patty's, before a couple months before we even had a product, he's like, whenever it's ready, send two kegs to both of our places. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, I guess we sold four kegs. <laughs> yeah, which we were, I mean, just thrilled about, but, you know, and then he made very clear to us, he's like, well, if it doesn't sell, then not going to keep it on. You know, yeah. he's running a business too, but it sold. Mm -hmm. And people loved it. And, and we have we're so thankful not only to Chris and, and Pat and the whole staff at Patty's and Kaiser but also um, to Mandy and all the staff at, at Bad Apple they're another place that has consistently kept us on and mm -hmm. like I said we had trouble at uh, or when we were on our little mini tour yeah. which you guys didn't get to hear about but we'll <laughs> tell you later um, we started out with that mm -hmm. smaller equipment that isn't quite ideal and being consistent is re was really hard right and, and these, you know, core group of local Chicago accounts, a, a couple in Evanston too, mm -hmm. but just kept, kept, you know, gave us a chance and were very understanding and right. have really been with us from day one. And I can't ever thank those people enough for how much they've supported our business. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a good product. I think that kind of goes what I'm saying is if it's going to sell, just keep making more and things will grow, right? So why don't you walk us through the process then of the, the tour I got in the speed? Sure, yeah, so, I mean, the Cliff Notes Yeah, <laughs> not we, the 45-minute tour version, <laughs> with all the jokes and stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, essentially, we, we work with a mill in Pennsylvania, and they help us source, uh, uh, you know, apples and Okay. Um, we use a time to 
that to sweeten it, which mm. is the, the cider that you're drinking. It's a little more balanced, mm. not as tart, and it's uh, like uh, as dry, I guess if you want to describe it, uh, as the dry. So um, those are our two flagships. And, um, and then, you know, we obviously keg for bars and restaurants as well. Right. So, So is it a two-man show right now, or a man-woman show, I guess, uh, right now, or do you guys have help in the... Yeah, one guy. Yeah, Dave. Okay. Yeah, our, uh, our guy, Dave, Dave Mesh, uh, he's been full-time with us for about three, three or four months now, okay. so, um, and he's, he's been great learning the ropes. I'm, like, the worst teacher in the world, <laughs> so he's so patient, like... <laughs> Time frame to do one batch of uh, cider. Um, the fastest we've done it is like three weeks. Okay. But it's usually see. usually about a month from okay. like yeah. start to going out the door in some kind of package. Mm-hmm. We yeah. we haven't had the need to really rush it, and right. it's good because obviously that's probably you know when you would run into issues, mm-hmm. but. And so do you guys have just have the two flavors right now? Are there any other flavors on the docket coming out soon? Um, we have done a couple of special collaborations that okay. are draft only. Currently in bottle, it's just the dry and the semi-dry. Okay. Um, in keg, we recently purchased some blueberries from the Logan Square Farmer's Market, what which we love to do because it's our neighborhood. Well, we're currently in Hermosa Park, but okay. we, our apartment's in Logan Square, and, and it was fun to be able to support the Logan Farmer's Market. Mm-hmm. And so we put... Yeah, Roger Brothers Blueberries, which they're out of Michigan. Um, So our our Midwest friends. Mm. And uh, we used blueberry with a little bit of our honey and did a special collaboration with Patties and Kaiser. And um, it's available there as well, some other places around the city, just on draft. Mm -hmm. And then with Old Irving Brewing Company, we did a special hopped cider. So we added some Motueka hops to... (laughs) Making sure I pronounce that right. Yeah. Um, to our cider, and it was excellent. It's you can find it at Old Irving Brewing. So, nice. and we're we we have some other fun collaborations mm-hmm. coming up pretty soon. Awesome. But as far as packaging them in the short term, mm-hmm. um, not at the moment. But we plan have definitely plans in the future to, to package um, seasonals and. Yeah. It's kind of a tricky time because we're actually being December. We're actually kind of sitting sitting down trying to plan out for 2018. Right. So. There, there, we're probably, you know, in that plan, we'll probably be supplementing our two mainstays with maybe like 
quarterly, seasonal, or something like that. Yeah. But or not seasonal, I guess they uh, rotational, rotational offerings, <laughs> yeah. or whatever limited offerings. So um, we we just not we're small. We fly by the seat of our pants. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> a lot of these collaborations, you know, it's we've wanted to do them for a very long time. It's such a fun part of creating a product is to mm-hmm. experiment and yeah. you know come up with cool new things but we just haven't had the resources or manpower or time to do that and we have to, to fill orders and make sure that um, you know we want people to know who we are based on our our original products right. and then from there we want them to be excited about our rotational seasonal mm-hmm. things so we're still very small a lot of people even in our home city of Chicago don't even know who we are yeah. so we, we want to do definitely a better job of getting our name out there and having people know what our original products are too so. makes sense so when you're creating like a, a new rotational or new kind of drink yeah. how do you guys kind of go about that you can't do one huge batch and then hope it to taste good how do you kind of get to a size that's manageable um, so there are I mean with the like with the hot cider Right, there's people who come up with ideas. I'm sure there's other cider companies that think, oh, put blueberries in. Yeah. How do you guys kind of figure out your recipe that's not the same as someone else's recipe, say, like in California? Or do you just not care? Well, I mean, there's no way we would really know okay. their recipe, too. And so we don't necessarily ask anybody else how. I, I think a lot of these uh, small producers and large producers, mm-hmm. they just um, are experimenting. So I, there, it's a, it's a possibility that. Well, I know. think too, like there. So first, every year, the like the Illinois Brewers Guild, they do this like um, thing where everybody has like the same recipe or whatever, okay. and they maybe use a different amount or whatever. But, but I guess what I'm getting at is each, the, even if you took the same recipe and brewed it on a brewing system in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Brewed it on a different brewing system down the street. Those two beers would probably taste very different just it's based true. on the equipment that they're using. Okay. And, same with cider, yeah. And not only with same with cider, but every like especially with cider, it's not just the equipment, but every cider maker, every brewer has their own idiosyncrasies. Okay. Everybody I mean, to the point where you know a lot of 
it's obviously rooted in science mm-hmm. and chemistry and right. engineering. But that's not to say that a lot of brewers and I'm sure cider makers are very like superstitious in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And they probably do things that like maybe don't scientifically make sense, but make sense sleep at night. Okay. So I feel like even if the recipe on paper was the same, two things would turn out very differently. Don't you guys have that relative that's like, you know, the, you have the recipe written down, it's like your grandma, she's yep. like, oh, I haven't done that in years. And then you actually do something like a little bit different, you know? And then when you're actually making it, there's so much involved in the procedure and, and you know, we can go into this if you like, but beer and cider are so they're such different animals mm-hmm. and apples are very difficult to ferment and okay. they're really picky and finicky when uh, about how they ferment so it would be it would be difficult for like charlie said with the exact same recipe mm-hmm. with two people just kind of blindly going about it doing it together for them to turn out the same makes sense i mean we um had just walked by this really nice blueberry lady and in yeah. like the Logan Farmer's Market and it seemed to work. You know, we don't really do a significant amount of, or at least I personally don't do a lot of um, research about what a lot of other cider companies are making just mm. because I don't have time and I'm very <laughs> focused on my own business. Yeah. And and I just, you know, we think of what sounds good to us and, and go for it and try to experiment. So where do you guys kind of see yourselves in five years then? Right now you're just kind of a micro Sleeping cider. more. <laughs> So have you guys done any competitions at all with your ciders or no? No, we haven't done as we entered the, the one National Honey Board has a honey flavored beers. Oh we ciders. did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot about that one. We the, did. We sent we it over. Yeah. Really good, we got really good notes. They really liked the cider. Yeah. Like all the judges really liked it. The the aroma, the flavor, the everything was rated very highly. 
especially now with the whole New England IPA craze, everybody's like the haze craze. You yeah. Know? yeah. Our, we make a, an unfiltered cider, so our cider, that batch was like, was, a, was pretty cloudy, but it wasn't like. Yeah, it's it a little like hazy. It's supposed yeah. to be. <laughs> so we got docked big time for the appearance, and they said in the notes that it, the appearance of it was an indication that something was wrong with the cider. And I'm like, it's like, head, I'm no, like, well, it's it not. smells good and it tastes good, and it's like, if you liked it, you know, like, why does it matter if it's a little... No, but this is like, we, this is a whole other can of worms that we have to talk about yeah. if you're going to, if you're going to tell that story, because <laughs> we started out doing... Sorry. Yeah. There's a lot more background that we got to talk about now, because we started out doing something very different. Mm. We were making... You know, we weren't the only ones ever to do an unfiltered cider. Right. But, you know, the first batches we put out did look like those New England IPAs four mm-hmm. years ago. People are like, what is this? Yeah. And it's like, you know, your apple cider that you buy that's non-alcoholic isn't crystal clear. Okay. So, like, you know, like, this is just that fermented. Mm-hmm. So, we were very proud that it was unfiltered. We liked that it was different, but it required so much education because yeah. people were not only used to having... Um, you know, more readily available ciders that are um, crystal clear mm-hmm. and very sweet. They were certainly not used to some that were a little on the drier side right. and hazy and cloudy, and you can't see right through it. Mm-hmm. And it required a ton of education that, like, nope, that's actually how it's made. Yeah. This is on purpose. This is intentional. And still, three years in, we have we, it's a, a huge educational barrier that we have to to you know tell people it's just it's a different style this mm. is how it's supposed to be and and that's you know it's like proves the point and it's more indicative of how much education is necessary because a panel of judges yeah they're yeah. like yeah, yeah it's like because not a lot of ciders are unfiltered mm-hmm. and so we sent them an unfiltered cider we explicitly labeled it as unfiltered yeah. and then to have them say everything else was perfect <clears throat> but the and I quote the appearance indicates a possible problem. It's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't, though, you know? So it's, especially as a small business, education of our product is huge, mm-hmm. and it's so important to, you know, letting people know, just like just like beer, just like wine, just like anything, chocolate, cheeseburgers, there are so many different ways mm-hmm. that you can, you know, under, so many ways you can make the same thing. Right. And so many variations and styles and types and everything. And I always tell people, it's like, okay, you know, if you had only ever tried Guinness and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not a beer guy, someone would be like, uh, have you tried a different one? Yeah. Maybe like a pale <laughs> ale or something else, you know? And I think it's like people, um, there are a lot of people that are becoming more and more educated about cider, but there are also a lot of people that just haven't quite got there yet. Right. And it's just, they're like, oh, all these different types of beer, and then cider as this one yeah. all-encompassing label of a beverage. So good, yeah. But there's so many different kinds. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was a little bit of a tangent, sorry. Um, <laughs> and about, so <laughs> I do that a lot. We've only really entered one competition. We're like, well, let's just see what they say. Um, but we did do a different style of competition. It was okay. kind of like a, um, it wasn't quite judging the product specifically. It was more along the lines of a Shark Tank type. Oh, cool. Give your business pitch. Yeah. 
um, Jim Cook of Sam Adams and Boston Beer, who is an excellent, he's just, he's the best. He's the nicest guy in the world. And he um, has experienced a large amount of success and wants to give back. So he does a lot of work all around the country to help small businesses with help and consulting and all that. So there's a competition called Brewing the American Dream. Okay. And we had two minutes to give our elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. And we, to a panel of Mr. Cook himself yeah. and, you know, a lot of other really um, successful and well-known people in the Chicago area and mm-hmm. a variety of industries. And we were selected as one of the uh, Chicago winner and nice. were flown to New York and yeah. got to do it again. Unfortunately, we didn't win the official big national prize, but we are so proud to have been a national finalist mm-hmm. and took our first business trip to, <laughs> to, to the Big Apple, which was really fun. So that, I mean, even to this day, that was relatively early on in our business and it was such a, a just a, we are thrilled. Mm-hmm. So that to us kind of matters more than than putting our cider on a panel with a million other ciders. I mean, that we cider making is the purpose of our business. Mm-hmm. It's what we do. It, that's our product. But we also, you know, it's our story. This is our life. It's it's we take a lot of pride in how we got to where we are. Right. And it, it mattered a lot more to me. I don't want to speak for you, but I'm sure you probably agree. It mattered so much more to me to have recognition about like our story and our mm-hmm. business and, and our, I guess, our, our brand, for lack of a better term, right. in addition to the cider. So that was a really cool competition that we were a part That of. definitely attracts a lot of people. It's just like the story behind whatever product you consume, right? Yeah. They want like, you know, it's appreciated. Yeah. Like a fun time. But yeah. Like, me coming here, like seeing like the brewery, it like, makes it so much more memorable for me. Like I'll recommend it more. Like I'll have Thank it in my you. place, and I'll be like, "What is this?" Like, oh, I was there for like the brewery tour. It's awesome. You know, like yeah. people appreciate that kind of aspect of it. Opposed to here's the cider I had when I was hammering on like Saturday night. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we want. Like I said, we're the first cider in the city. Mm-hmm. We're the currently, um, as of right now, the only cider makers in the city, and we, we want people to to feel like they're, like they, they know, we want to know people. Yeah. I, I love going to tastings and meeting people out and seeing them again at different events. And we're so excited to open up for tours because I want people to come and, and feel a part of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, we're right in the neighborhood. We want people to feel involved in our business and, and know that there are real people behind the beverage that they're making. Right. You know, and like a person made this, a person started this business, like mm-hmm. a person that you can come hang out with at yeah. the warehouse, you know? <laughs> and especially if you like to uh, help package, we will accept volunteers. <laughs> but, you, you know, it's just something that we, we want everybody in the local community to feel comfortable here and feel mm-hmm. involved in yeah. I hope everybody comes for tours. Awesome. Anything else you want to leave us with before we sign off? Um, try our cider. Yeah. If you haven't tried Right Bee Cider before, we would love for you to try it. Um, something that a lot of people who might not consider themselves cider fans mm-hmm. or cider drinkers, um, you know, a lot of people think it always has to be too sweet. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Ours is nice and light, very approachable. It goes really well with food, makes great cocktails. It's a good option, you know, if you if you know anybody that has 
to be gluten-free or just avoiding gluten. Our beverages are gluten-free. Oh, nice. That's huge. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I really just want people to check out our Instagram, check out our Facebook, read our story, and please come for a tour when we open. I mean, we want to get to know everybody in our hometown, and, and we hope that you are able to try our cider and you can get it um, in package. You can get it. Check your local... Binnie's, Whole Foods, Jewel, Treasure Island. If you're in the if you're in the Chicago proper area, mm-hmm. Eataly, um, little independent liquor stores. Awesome. You know, if you don't see it, ask for it. Yeah. That also makes us look really cool. <laughs> if you're like, how come you don't have right beside here? Yeah. What's that? Independent liquor stores like Bitter Pops. And oh yeah. Cans, Bitter Pops, Bottles and Cans. Beer yeah, Beer Miscuous, and there are there are a ton, and we're gonna be getting a new website soon where, where we'll have more information about where you can purchase, but awesome. also we're the ones that are behind the social media and everything mm-hmm. so if send us a message comment on something we will get back to you you know yeah, if you good or bad we want to hear all the complaints because <laughs> if we can satisfy all those complaints then that usually means we're doing a pretty good job makes sense yeah so yeah I guess just try our cider and hopefully we'll get to meet you someday awesome this was a fun little episode for me Right before the episode, I actually had a chance to get a personalized tour of their facilities. Very similar to a brewery, but turns out they make cider. I saw all the old school equipment and some of the new stuff. Super exciting. I know they're start giving some tours very soon. I, for one, absolutely love their cider. I had a chance to sample their blueberry cider afterwards, too, and it was absolutely fantastic. Feel free to check out where they're located on tap. There are more than 50 different places right now around Chicago listed on their website, which you can find in the show notes. And they also can pick up a six-pack or a 12-pack in a couple different places around town, too, at your local grocery store listed on their website. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Right Beside Her. This episode is sponsored by our friends over at StayCall. StayCall is a social wagering app the next generation. With Call, you can easily challenge your friends to games of skill or even be a third-party judge between mutual friends. Stake your hard-earned cash, a night out of the town, or even just your dignity. They strive to be one of the most entertaining and most interactive social wagering platform on the market. Call is an app that you download on the App Store. Uh, right now it's on iOS only, soon to be coming into Android, where you can challenge your friends to some fun games. I've challenged some friends to a game of ping pong. I've challenged some game friends to a round of hot wing eating contests. Right now I'm in the challenge of Movember, things of that nature. Absolutely incredible. Ever have that friend that takes a bet with you and then at the end of the word doesn't want to pay up and says, bro, we never shook hands? No longer a problem with Stay Call. You can put it up on social media, share it with your friends, get their pretty judge, problem solved. Check them out at stakehall.io. That's S-T-A-K-E-H-A-U-L dot I-O. Or go to the iOS and iOS store and download them. Stakehall. Check it out now. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion 
fitness and food.